Welcome to the Life After Life podcast, where we explore our soul's physical and non-physical journey. I'm Majana. Let's discuss angels, guides, and loved ones from the other side. And welcome back. I'm so happy to see everybody. I hope you're doing great. I have some new information that I am so excited to share. So if you've been listening for very long, then you would know that I get my information from really, really very sweet, gracious, and wonderful people who have crossed over, made their transition, and they are willing to answer questions for me. Sometimes they're just questions and conversations between the two of us, and now more often it's during readings when I'm translating between them and loved ones. So what has come up is a little more clarity in what happens exactly when we die. Who meets us? How does this whole thing work? So this is the new scoop. When we get to the other side, we go through the tunnel, you know, the proverbial tunnel. And when we get there, who is right there to greet us? Well, you may have heard me say on a podcast previously that my wise son, Brock, at about four years old one day, got out of the shower and he said, you know, mom, I think when people die, whoever they expect to be there for them is who's there. So if you're a Christian, Jesus is there. If you're Buddhist, Buddha is there. Whoever you want is going to be there. And I thought that was quite insightful and had to agree with them. Well, we have finally been told by the other side that that is exactly true. This person that had recently crossed over was letting her loved ones know that she had seen Jesus when she crossed over. Jesus was there to meet her and because she was a Christian, and that's what she was counting on. And then right behind him was the rest of her family and loved ones and everybody that was there to welcome her home and share their energy and excitement that she was there. Now, we knew that that happened, but she gave us a little insight as to why that happens and why it happens right then. And, oh, I love it. So that period of time that we spend with our loved ones as they are greeting us, you know, of course, it's not on earth time. So she said the amount of time that takes is as long as we want it to take. We get to be with each of our loved ones for as long as we want, just kind of soaking it all up. And part of that reasoning, because of the infinite reasoning, is that we have been in our earth form, and obviously we have forgotten who we truly are. We have forgotten that we are nothing but pure love. So our family and loved ones help us remember that. We spend that time with them acclimating to the life over there and remembering who we are. And that instant connection with them helps us settle back in there and remember. Now, the little bit of conflict comes in that we are still sort of tied to our earth bodies. Obviously, not physically, we're not tethered to them, but the people that we loved that we left on the earth are mourning or grieving, and we are feeling and hearing their deep emotions and their prayers. So it's like they can hear us on that side, but it's more than hearing. They feel it because they don't have the dense earth atmosphere to limit 
what they're feeling. They don't have the bodies. So they're actually feeling it more or as intensely as we are when we're in the process. So when we're grieving really, really strongly, it keeps them a little more attached because they want to help us through that grief period. When we can grieve quickly, honoring ourselves, but at the same time honoring them, and their request is, please remember the good stuff. Remember the love and the laughter. That's the great stuff that we shared, and that's what we want to remember. So grieve, honor that process. That is a human process, and we need to do that. And don't feel like you're doing them a disservice if you like stop grieving. Some cultures have a belief system of you should grieve for a given period of time. And that's not really true. They're saying, you know, the more that you can move through that and experience and recall the happiness, the high energy, love and joy and the times that you laughed together, they're not leaving you. They're still here, but they are here with you in that energy rather than the grieving energy. So it's really better off for everybody. And they can actually feel and hear your prayers on the other side, too. So, uh, yeah, that's great energy. Keep that up. So they're still feeling and hearing your energy and moods and grief. At the same time, they're being welcomed by their loved ones on that side. So that helps with the transition. It helps them remember that they are pure love and, and they are now without a body and they can be in multiple places at once. So it's this huge adjustment period. That is so, so important because following that is when we do our life review. And to me, that looks like, I call them the council of elders, just because it's what it looks like to me. Nobody has ever called them that. But it is a a group, and they, to me, show up in um, almost like monk robes, With hoods up, and I don't see faces, I just see the robes. And they accompany us when we cross over, they accompany us into our life review. So, in religions and in mythology, this is the judgment, right? The scales of justice. And are you, were your sins lighter than a feather, right? From mythology. So, where, who's doing that judgment anyway? Well, not the council members. We actually do our own, quote, judgment. But what this person said is, she said, it's not really judgment. We're judging ourselves. But we have been reminded and we have settled back into our true identity of pure love. So we see our whole life, but more than see it, we feel it. What are we feeling in each situation? Now, it doesn't take as long as it took to live it. It goes much faster. But we pause that review on those periods of time when maybe we didn't respond to somebody else or to some situation with maybe quite as much love as we could have. So when we are back into our true selves and infinite love and surrounded by nothing but pure love and support, and then we see the choices that we made as humans, that's where our judgment comes in and remorse and and like, you know, we're critiquing ourselves. Oh, I blew it there. But the council is, it really felt like the council, rather than judging us, their job was to support us 
So as we are judging ourselves and feeling the remorse for not being as loving as we truly are, the council is actually um, helping us feel better. They're consoling us about it, reminding us that we were here for this experience and humans are not all loving. We're down here in this facade. So what we think of as judgment day is actually, I thought that was an interesting twist. We're judging ourselves and they are offering us comfort. Pretty cool. So then once we go through the that critique of ourselves, then we are free to explore, remember where, remember what it's like to not have a body. We go all over the place. And what they really, or this person was really emphasizing again, is that we can be in multiple places at once. We are pure energy, very much love. So we choose to stay with the people that we left here and help them through their grieving process, being love for them. And we often, I mean, how many times if you've lost someone, do you feel like you have felt their presence or you're thinking of them or you think they're leaving you signs? And the answer is yes, yes, yes. Yes, please trust. That's exactly what is happening. And they are trying to communicate with you that they are still with you. They're not leaving you. And the number one thing they tell me is they just miss the body. If they, especially newly transitioned, what they miss is having a physical body so they can actually physically touch you because they are right next to you. There is no here and there. There's only here. And they're right here next to you. They can hear you. They can see you. They're, they're experiencing everything with you. They're trying to give you insight, input, and they're just not necessarily able to communicate. The difference is there's just no body, and they want you to know that. Don't think they've left you. They're not. They're not going to. So they miss that physical touch at first as well. They want to be able to hug you and hold you and hold your hand, and they're working to get messages to you. So when you feel like you're receiving a message from them, talk to them. Hey, I think this was you. Did you just tickle the back of my neck, rub my arm, give me a hug, kiss my cheek, whatever? Or did you just flip that light? Whatever sign you feel like they got, acknowledge it, ask them, and ask them to keep doing it because they're trying many things to get your attention. When they find something that works, let them know it works. And then that's what they can continue to do to strengthen your awareness and confidence so that you can keep talking to them. And then from there, you can build other strategies and gain your confidence even more. And then ultimately, hopefully, develop the ability to communicate with them more relaxed and more freely. And here's the key to doing that is go into a high vibration. All right, their vibration is only higher because they're not in a body and they don't have to deal with the limitations of earth. So they're vibrating a little higher than we are. So you want to raise your energy. How do you do that? Well, that's really hard when you're grieving. But the best ways are remember the love that you shared. Nothing's higher energy than love. Remember the laughter and laugh. Go ahead and laugh and joke with them. Imagine that loved one standing or sitting right next to you and y'all are talking about this hilarious thing that happened. Hey, remember when? And let yourself fully be there. 
Go ahead and feel that laughter and joy and love again. It's not a betrayal to them. It's not that you're supposed to be sad and grieving because they aren't with you. It's quite the opposite. It's very loving and high energy because you're honoring the experiences and the love that you shared in body and you're able to raise your vibration so you can continue to communicate with them now. It's a win-win. And I know it's, it is hard. It is challenging when we're missing and loving somebody so much. Things to work on, right? Just when you can go to that space of high energy. All right. Speaking of high energy, I'm hitting two topics with one pinata stick here. With high energy, I want to talk to you about the way we're creating right now. And again, a new little piece of information came in through readings that I think is so important. I just have to share. So I guess the topic of this podcast is new information that plugs in holes from what we had before. (laughs) All right. This is about, this is information from gods and goddesses as far as how do we create in this new energy. I love, love this, what the goddesses said to me. They explained and their words were, we used to create by setting goals. Now we create with intentions. Ah, love it. Okay, meaning we used to create by setting goals, and then it took a lot of physical and mental and emotional labor to achieve those goals, and it could take a long time. So now, with the new energy, we are setting intentions and creating with our emotion. So we use thoughts and words because those are directly attached to emotion, right? You cannot think or talk without having emotion come into the picture. So what they say is be aware of your body. We hold tension in our body. And sometimes we don't really think about our thoughts or our feelings at the moment because most of our thoughts are repetitious and most of them are subconscious. So when you're having conscious thoughts or even subconscious, the way we can know is, what am I feeling in my body? Am I holding tension? Is something tight? Am I getting a headache? So really pay attention to what's happening in your body. If you're holding tension, that's not a good thing, right? That's going to be negative energy or negative thoughts. So stop it. Become aware of that. And then think about what you do want to feel. So let's say that you want to have a new car. So what you don't want to think about is how unreliable your current car is, how many miles it has, how much money you're having to put into it, or whatever other issues that you're having with your current vehicle. Because what you're thinking about is what you don't want. You don't want those issues. And when you're thinking about it, you're bringing the feelings that come with having those issues. So you're projecting that feeling out into the universe. Feelings are energy. And the universe says, oh, okay, well, that's the energy you want because that's what you're putting out. And energy attracts like energy. So here, here's some more of that. And you keep attracting that same energy. So instead, become aware of what your thoughts are, what emotions they're causing, and then shift it and feel what you do want. I want that new car. How will you feel in the car? So kind of get your head around that. Okay, here's a big piece that they just recently told me, is before you actually start going into it to create it, set an intention. 
that helps us focus our minds. So that may be, my intention is I am creating my new vehicle, okay? Then feel into it. And visualizing is okay, but I also feel like there's kind of micromanaging the universe involved in that. If you visualize the exact make and model and color and and everything of the car that you want, then what if there's really something better that you haven't even found yet? That doesn't matter. That's micromanaging. So instead, imagine what you're going to feel in when you're driving that car and when you're riding in that car. Feel how it drives. Feel the steering wheel. Feel how it turns. Smell the new smells in there, that, that new car smell. Are you listening to music or Life After Life podcast? Good idea. Whatever you're listening to, put all of that in there. You do want to engage as many senses as you can because the senses are also attached to feelings. So you want to feel into it, and you don't have to do this for a long period of time. It doesn't, it's not like you're going into a meditation and you have to be there for 10, 15, 20 minutes or an hour. Just feel into it. And know that you're, that's the energy you're putting out. Then if later that day you think of it again, perfect. Do the process over again. So notice what you're feeling. Is that what you want? If that's not what you want to create in your life now, then stop. Make a conscious decision as to what you do want to feel. Set your intention and feel into it. Oh, yeah. See? Another piece that came through that I almost forgot to tell you about. When we're having those negative thoughts or emotions, that's low vibration. Before you create, you really want to bring your vibration up. So before you set that intention and start feeling what you want to feel, what emotions are tied to your creation, get yourself up vibrating high. Go ahead and get into a belly laugh or move around, dance. Uh, anything, go for a walk, whatever it will take to get your energy up higher, a state of gratitude, a state of joy, laughter, love, those are great places to create. So before you get into your, "Mm, this is what I'm bringing into my life, you want to get your energy up because you're going to create from a higher place when you do that, and it's going to create faster. You're going to bring it to reality faster. Well, Those are the words of wisdom and my new pieces of information on who greets us when we die and how do we create in all of this new energy craziness. So I hope there's some tidbits for you in there. I would so love to hear from you. Majana at lifeafterliferadio.com and you can check out the website soulfoodtalks.com to see freebies And to see what sessions are available, I love to meet you over Zoom and record our sessions. And Thomas has astrology freebies and readings on there as well. So let us hear from you. And until next time, namaste.